0: Greetings, everybody! Welcome to episode thirty-seven of the I Thrive podcast. It's your boy Sonny Esperance here today with Sister Bev from where from the states well, from where in the states?
1: states? I'm originally from North Carolina.
0: Oh, originally from North Carolina. Where do you reside right now?
1: I reside in Philadelphia.
0: Oh, Philadelphia. Okay, okay. Headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Saints, uh, uh, you know, I know you have been requesting this more and more, so I'm gonna try to get as much as I possibly can out there from whoever and whenever can be available. Um, today, uh, uh, um, we have Sister Bev with us, who is going to be sharing her testimony of how she came across truth, how she came in it, what she was in before, and and, and so forth. Before we begin, just know that this podcast is sponsored by Je Vais Jouer. Je veux Jouer is a program that is niched and designed for youth, where it has a variety of activities, such as uh, uh, financial literacy, uh, tutoring services, mental health programs. Uh, Mentorship programs, communication skills programs, and student-athlete programs as well. Also, this podcast affiliates itself with only one church, and that's First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. If anybody tells you that this podcast is affiliated with any other church, they're lying to you, hear the truth right now. It's only affiliated with one church. It's First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ you can go and check the website at truthofgod.com. You can also go on YouTube, subscribe to the First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ YouTube page. Also, you can search up our leader, teacher, and guide, which is Apostle Pastor Gino Jennings. Not hard to find nowadays. Type him up on YouTube, boom, and he's there. Um, if you're wondering if I believe in every single thing he teaches, absolutely, I do every single word. And it's not from his own understanding, but it's what is revealed onto him. So once again, if anybody is telling you and this podcast is affiliated with any other church. It is a lie. It's only affiliated with First Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't send no emails or no messages. Oh, hey, brother, you know, tell us about this. No. First Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. All right. We are going to get started today. Sister Bev, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to come on and and just express your testimony. I, I believe, I don't think I've had a sister before. I've had a few brothers. I don't think I've had a sister testify before. Okay. Now, so which is gonna be more interesting because I always say sisters have a lot to sacrifice when coming into this teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's when you hear the teaching so raw and so, you know, elbows and knees and, you know, p- body punches, all of this, you know, it'll make a, a sister kind of be like, yo, who is this man? <laughs> this man must hate women, whatever the case is. So Sister Bev, you know, just from the beginning, you know, just explain to, you know, how, how you grew up and uh, a bit about yourself and how you came
1: across uh, in truth. Okay, well, first, thank you for having me. Um, I can't believe I'm the first woman. I thought you would have, you know, someone else before me, but I do appreciate it. Uh, my story is very... Um, unique kind of unique because I'm not the the sister that came straight from the streets and stuff like that. I actually was raised in church okay. and I actually was raised with the holiness teaching. So I came from the holiness background. Um, however it wasn't as in depth and as detailed and as broken down as it is now. So there were things that we do now that I did not do, you know, growing up as, as a kid. Um, my mother actually started out in holiness first and then my dad came along later. Um, but as a kid, I actually, uh, there was a radio station that we had, it was 10 30 AM. I think that's what it was called. And pastor would come on in the mornings and we would listen to pastor on our way to our former church. And so <laughs> we were listening to him on our way to our former church. And the thing about pastor's voice I was drawn, almost drawn to his voice because my dad is, you know, former military. So I'm used to that militant, you know, every now and then my dad would have to use that to get us in order. So his voice really did not bother me. In fact, I actually respect him more because of the authority that's in his voice, because I'm used to my father carrying that same type of tone, So it didn't really bother me. But as far as being a kid, you know. You hear these things and you don't really understand. But I know there was a few things that would stick out to me that pastor would talk about, you know, how to use, you know, God's name and, you know, when in the prayer and things like that. So when I would be in church and I would hear them in the prayer in another way, you know, I in my mind, I would remember what pastor would say. And I would say those words instead, like I would say in Jesus Christ's name in my head. And I was just like 12, 13, 14. Um, so there were certain things that kind of stuck out. But I really didn't grab hold to the teachings myself until I got a little bit older. So I would I would go through my rebellious stage and the stage when I want to do what I wanted to do as a teenager. I mean, what what child in their right mind would want to live a restricted life, you know, to a certain degree? So, you know, we listened to Pastor, I think ever since I was like six, I remember hearing his voice. And I remember my parents going to visit him in person in Raleigh, North Carolina, when I was like eight yeah. or 10 or something. And I kind of was excited. I was like, mommy, daddy's going to go visit that preacher that's on the radio, you know, but I never really understood what all was going to be there. But I remember them coming back, talking about it. And I remember um, that someone that we knew at the time was trying to challenge pastor at that meeting. And I still, we still know that person to this day, but they're not a follower, you know, mm-hmm. the truth of God, but I remember them talking about what was said and what was done. And as a kid, I was like, man, that's, that's something like, why would they go there and do that? But I didn't really realize how significant it was, you know, I just knew that it was very important, you know? And so as I got older and I went through my high school stages and stuff like that, what even turned me to God in the first place and made me want to actually grab a hold to holiness was the fact that I lost one of my friends to gang violence. And um he was murdered. And I was he was murdered like a week before my birthday, almost a week before my birthday. Old, so I had to. Hmm? How old was he? He was, if I was 17, that means he was 19. He was 19. And um I just kept remember saying to myself, like, I just couldn't sleep and I just kept saying to myself and God was already dealing with me at the time because I was trying to stop doing certain things and I could just tell my my way of thinking was just changing at the age of 17 but that was really what put the nail in the coffin for me because so to speak because you know I just kept saying to myself like I remember the last time I interacted with him and how we were getting ready to part ways and how It was just this feeling that I would never see him again. It was kind of the weirdest thing ever. And so a few months later, when we got the call that he was killed, you know, that thing just tore me up. And all I kept thinking was, what was he thinking before God took his life? And those things really, I mean, I couldn't sleep. I was just, I was having just anxiety, just thinking about it. Like, God, I don't want to leave this world without you. I don't want to leave this world and I'm not prepared to go back with you and this is me at the age of 17 and 18 you know I went to his funeral that was like the hardest funeral I ever had to go to and it really it's like it's unfortunate that he passed away but it's fortunate for me because it allowed me to see that if I didn't do what I needed to do <clears throat> I could end up you know in a crisis grave myself so what ended up happening was i remember you know just telling my dad like that you know i want to be saved you know, i want to be baptized you know and so that had my you know i was baptized i repented was baptized and just started living my life differently so i went off to college after that and you know still striving to do what was right still keeping the basic holiness teachings that i received in my mind, in my heart, you know, and it was tempting. I mean, I was in college. I mean, come on, everything right there is your disposal. You got clubs, you got whatever you wanted to do. It don't matter. You don't have parents. Mm -hmm. You don't have guardians. All you have, you're responsible for yourself. So there were many things out there that I really could have gotten entangled with, but I do thank God that I, that fear of going to hell was like so great (laughs) that I was like, uh So I never forget, I started going to this church and they had different teachings from the teachings that I was used to in holiness. And they had a belief, they had the belief that we're against, which is about divorce and remarriage. And honestly, I grew up with that teaching that you shouldn't do that. You know, no and one, the, the, stuff like
0: church, that. The church that you originally were at,
1: they believed in divorce and remarriage? Or they didn't? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. They didn't. So it was, they still, we still had the basics, you know, of, holiness where you know no divorce remarriage no woman preachers no pants on the women no makeup no jewelry you know things like that was all the same but it wasn't a hundred percent like it is now it was still some things that were missing but those basic things they were the same yeah. so to hear that type of teaching in this church that I was in it just didn't sit well with me so what ended up happening was I went home and I was praying And I was asking God, you know, just to lead me and guide me and direct me because I I said, God, I don't want to believe a lie. I said, I know that that's wrong. So please just help me. And I never forget, it came so clear. Go look up Geno Jennings. Those were the words that I heard. Go look up Geno Jennings, because I was so used to hearing his voice. But as a kid, you know, you kind of, you know, you kind of forget certain things. But those were the words that I heard. So I typed in his name and I typed in the subject. And I never forget, I believe he was in, um, he was in Virginia when he taught about it. I never forget the message because I still watch it to this day. And it still brings me joy because that's like the defining moment yeah. of when I decided for myself, this is this is what, what it is for me. So I began to watch the and I began to watch him break it down and tears just started falling. And all I could say was, God, thank you, because I really needed that comfort, that belief to stick with me. So that's when I personally started really watching Pastor myself. And I started, you know, just going to the telecast and stuff piece by piece. It's like, that's when God really started dealing with me about coming into first church. So this was like, might've been about 19 or 20 at this time. And so about 19, I believe, 18 and 19. And so-, so
0: The teaching, oh, I know the where you were, wasn't all hundred percent. So what were some of the stuff that just didn't sit right with you at that Ooh. church? That you were
1: going to- Let me see, like the women, you know, like they still wore they wore jewelry and um and makeup um and this was a church that i was just coming to but they didn't have women preachers so it's it's weird how you have that one thing that you just like i don't want to see that in a church that i go to
0: oh so it's like they had something talking about everything they were just you know picky about what they wanted to, to preach against but they would still allow this and that and it just okay i understand like
1: they they didn't have like no women preachers and stuff like that but they and they knew that like it's like they knew that when women wearing jewelry and stuff like that was wrong but they still allowed it you know they still allowed it and me i wasn't raised that way so i still didn't wear you know i just wasn't that type of person so that's just how i was raised so it's like uh you know those things didn't sit well with me but it's like the longer i went the more things started coming out that were against what I believed you know from holiness and so as time went on I began to hear them teach about baptism and stuff and that was like oh I was like oh absolutely not and what they did was they used it was a it was almost as if they used the teachings of first church to kind of like justify why they believed in the wrong baptism I never forget that because they knew the pastor and the the uh, quote-unquote assistant pastor knew that I believed in the teachings of holiness and that I listened to pastor. So when they had to break down why they believe what they believe about baptism, I'll never forget. The pastor did not want to say. I could read him. He didn't want to say it because he knew he was kind of looking like, oh man, I don't know how Sister Bev gonna take this. But it was really like that because they knew, like, okay, she listens to pastor. So one day, pastor was coming to Columbia, South Carolina. And I stayed in Charlotte. This was when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So the assistant, quote unquote assistant pastor asked me, he was like, Susab, you know, um, you know, he just called him by by his first and last name. He was like, you know, you know, Gino Jennings, you know, you know, you know, you know he's gonna be in Columbia, South Carolina. I was like, Yeah. I said, so we don't see me on Sunday for church, you know, that's where I'll be. Oh, and, then- <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> wow. and so he and so he looked at me and was like, Okay. You know, that's, you know, okay, that's what's up. You know, he was younger. So, but he watched them all the time. So he understood. And I was just like, you know, he was like, okay, you know, I understand that. You know, I, I understand. And I was just like, yeah, because I knew my family was going and they were going to pick me up on their way to Columbia. So it was stuff like that. And it was like, God was just dealing with my family and, you know, my dad, you know, came, you know, so we all went down to Columbia, South Carolina. And that's when, you know, my dad, you know, talked with pastor and he was like, you know, I want to come in, you know, and I want to help out. And, you know, so my dad was already a preacher. then I was already a, you know, a PK, as they would call it, preacher's kid, already for some years. But it was like, it was just really like, those moments started sticking out to me. You know, just how it became so important to me because I started going to pastor for like all my answers when I was, you know, I would hear one thing and I would go home and I would listen to all the messages. And I literally stopped going to that church for a while to the point where they thought I backslid. They thought I had left the Lord because I wasn't coming to their actual church. And um, I think I went back for a little while, but I told my mom, I was like, mom, when I come home, like, that's it for me. Like, I'm, I'm coming to, you know, we're going to. I'm going, you know, to first church and they had already made up their, they were making up their minds. We come in too. So I do thank God for that because it could have just been me, you know, but my family were, all, they were already listening to pastor as well. So majority of us came at the same time and we started going to Rocky Mount, North Carolina. That was my first initial temple that I was going to. And it was just, everything just started hitting you though. You come the first church and you're kind of like, oh man, you know, this is, this is different. This is deeper you know and it was more in depth and it was more understanding and it was more hard hitting and it was more just it was like to hear pastor talk you know speak on women and how we should carry ourselves and how we shouldn't look you know with a certain type of look you know some some women may hear that and because that was maybe their previous lifestyle it may be harder for them to like swallow that you know a lot of women exactly and so for me, it was like the way I was raised as a woman to carry myself, you know, just by the example of my mother and just by the example of my father and how they would not let us go out looking any kind of out, and would tell you straight up, when you going looking like that, not behind me, you know, so you kind of was like, Ugh, okay, yeah, all right, let me go and let me, let me look like a saint, you know, because my parents is making me feel like I look like something else. So I was already used to that. So, but there were certain things, you know, just with you know, always wearing your head covered and, you know, just making sure the certain length you have to wear for your, for your garment, for your dress and for your skirt. And those things I had to get adjusted to. And, you know, it was just, sometimes it was hard because I mean, in the summertime as a woman, it's very hard. You have on a lot of layers, you have on a lot of clothes and it's burning up outside. So it's like, you have to really love this thing. And that's the way, you know, I was feeling about it for myself. Like, you know, it's, it's not something that you that i knew within myself like okay we're going to do this we're going to everything going to happen overnight no you had to really like process it and take your time and you know that's why i say my story is so unique because i wouldn't say that i came directly you know out of the world and you know was in a way where i had to change my whole entire lifestyle you know i had this teachings in me i strayed away at times when i was younger but the teaching and the level that we get it now is very much more, you know, detailed to the point where I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, because somebody can give you something, but I I know pastor has this statement that understanding makes it easier to obey what you're given. So it's like, you can be told this is what you have to do, but you don't understand why it is. And, And I had those those questions with my family sometimes my parents, I'm like, well, why? You know, I didn't really understand. And now it's like I don't have an excuse because it's coming so plain. It's like, hmm, okay. I have the understanding now, but now I just got to work on applying it. <laughs> it's like, and that is the harder part. It's like just making sure you apply it. And so it was just different from hearing him over the radio. You know, and and talking about, oh yeah, that's that's Pastor Gino Jennings, You know, um, you know he teaches holiness as well. To coming in and sitting down and listening, I can't tell you how many times when we first started coming, and weren't really all the way coming a hundred percent. This was like before we made up in our minds to come. I just sat there, and like the tears would just build up. But because I didn't want anybody to see me cry, I would just sit there like, oh my gosh, like can this be over? Because I just, I can't take it right now. I'm about to explode because this stuff is just so deep that I'm just like, okay, my life is really changing. Like, it's really changing, but, and it was, you know, as someone that's young, you know, you notice there are a lot of things out in the world. A lot of things. And if anybody tell you that, oh, he ain't really, I wasn't really faced by the stuff in the world. You know, I don't know what your life is. God bless you. However, (laughs) that's not my testimony (laughs) because you, And that's how it was for me in college. Like, I saw so many things that I wanted to do, so many things that I wanted to be a part of, so many things, like I say to people sometimes that I know I would have been good at had I went out there and done some of those things. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like that fear of this could be my last act was something that was instilled in me from falsehood. You know, and I mean, that's one thing he did in falsehood was teach us about hell and fire and brimstone. And if you didn't live right, if you didn't do right. That's exactly where you was in you would end up. And I'm grateful for that because that's what kept me through my college days. That's what kept me before I really truly made up in my mind, like you know, yeah, let's walk with the truth of God. You know, and and it made me really just think about it. And as a as a woman, because I know you know men. Y'all have a lot of stuff to do too, as far as, you know, being the man and stuff like that and how you have to live your life and how you, you know, marriage and all those things. So it's, it's a lot on y'all too. And I think sometimes, you know, we compare it and we're like, we have it harder. You know, we say statements like that, but I think, you know, it's it's equal if you really look at the whole big picture that everybody has something to give up. Everybody yeah, it has depends
0: on me, the type of men as well. You know what I mean? Like for me, um, cause I played soccer since I was six. And you mm-hmm. soccer, you have the shorts on, your nakedness is showing. I, right. you know, that has to be covered. I said, but, you know, sometimes we play in like 25, 30 degrees, you know, that can be covered, you know? And so it, it's, I guess certain men, they have, it; they're, they're deeper in certain things. You know, right. I mean, you used to just go out there wearing your shorts, your little wife beater, or sometimes you're shirtless, you're just doing whatever. And then you hear this teaching, right? But this is a time where you never hear anything on men. You mostly hear sometimes on women and falsehood and whatnot, but men is just like, y'all just dress however you want, you know? So and I think (laughs) for some, it it, you know I say some sisters, it's like so much, because some, like, if if they're both as a man or a woman deep into what they're in, because some sisters are fully in makeup, the eyelash, you want to become a makeup artist. (laughs) Absolutely. You got the (laughs) braids, you got the, you know what I'm saying, the nails,
1: you're about to start a business in
0: this, you're about to, you you know? And
1: now it's like, a whole 180. It's a one, it's not even a 360, it's a 180. And you literally have to go from the and you gotta be like, okay, this is a whole different lifestyle. And that's why I say it just depends on, you know, where you're at as a female because yeah. it is a lot. And I've heard some sisters talk about it and I, I can look at them and understand where they're coming from because I just know like as a woman, there's just so much right there in our hands that we can do for ourselves and make ourselves sometimes look like a whole different person so you know that's if that's something that they're deeply interested in of course it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough and you know it's just the realness of it you know like that's why I laugh because pastor says um there are two types of sinners they're the real sinners and I forgot how what what he says but he's like the there's authentic sinners and they're like the it's like you're a sinner but you're not really a sinner because you're not really out there in deep sin like and i laugh because i be like man like you know i'm like a, a fake sinner or something like that and it's not it doesn't mean that i'm i don't have any sin let me not say it yeah, like yeah, that yeah, but when he says that it's like i think of people that literally tell me like just Bev, like man everything pastor been teaching about as far as women out there in the streets like that that was me like that's me like pray for me and you know and i'm and i'm like man like you know i'm just like I, I will because I can't relate sometimes to some of the saints because I wasn't living that type of lifestyle you know I don't know what it's like to be a hundred percent full thoroughbred center that's what you call them, a full thoroughbred center like somebody that's like out there you know like and it's just just to see that but to see the transition of the saints and to see the sisters who have that background and they tell me like, I'm, you know, I'm striving for this, I'm doing, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think it's beautiful to witness that transition. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be that person that come to church and just change everything while you're at church. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of respect to see, you know, a sister that will come in just as, as she came off the street and as time go on see her transition, transition exactly. you know to me that's that's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing because you're not allowing anybody to push you mm-hmm. to move you faster than what you need to go because if, if i take all this jury off and all this stuff because somebody is gonna be looking at me when i go home it's it's gonna be a different story it's gonna be a different story and the only one who, who counts is god and that's one thing that i have learned you know and and that's why you know i just have respect for those that come from that lifestyle and they talk about it and they talk about how it hurts and how the changes have taken place. And it's just a beautiful thing because that's, you know, I mean I like I said, I had my rebellious days when I want to do whatever I wanted to do. But that was when I was in falsehood, you know, so by the time I got to the truth of God, my mind had already changed. My heart had already changed. You know, God had already been dealing with me about stuff about myself, you know, just about the way I carried myself. And that made me change with, you know, my friend dying and, you know, just hearing false teachings, you know, and that, that just made me like, ah oh, something ain't right about all this. And it was just a really like, and I'm not going to say it was easy to come into first church either. It wasn't because there was still some things that I struggled with. There was still things, there's things to this day that I'm still like, oh God, you got to help me because it's just that real, you know, I'm not going to say that I got it all together because I don't. And there are things that I'm still fasting about, still things that I'm still praying about things that I still have to take off, things that I still have to stop thinking, st- things that I still have to stop doing. It's just, it's not overnight. And, you know, and that's the realness of it. And But I thank God for it because I've never been anything so real, so real. Because falsehood will make you feel like you one step from heaven's door.
0: Literally, like you just died today, you going, you died You're like,
1: hmm. That's, that's it. it.
0: Uh, I made it. <laughs> you know, some people in falsehood, like, oh man, just, I I need the Lord to come fast and fast for us. And you know, it's like, like, they really have a belief that, you know, that's what it is. And that's what falsehood is training you to do. You know, everything you said good is like, it's not easy coming in, even just being in it. Like I see moreover, this is the toughest thing I have to do every day is about every day. Every every second, second. (laughs) because it just take that one moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That next moment. You're thinking about something, something, totally doing something totally different and God could just literally say, that's it. You know, it's scary. It's, that's why it's like, it's very important to keep it real, you know? Absolutely. And, and, but me being used to what I was in in falsehood, everybody, oh no praise the Lord. Everything's good. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing faces me. Oh, glory to, but then you have a teaching like this where brothers and sisters are telling you that I'm struggling with certain things. but Pray for me, brother. I gotta keep fasting for certain things. I help, help pray. You understand? Like people,
1: it's like they're they're
0: desperate for God. You know, like they're they
1: really struggling out here. Absolutely, it's like they're acknowledging that they still need Him. Oh, absolutely. you know, because I we came in the first church twenty eleven. So God willing, this year makes ten years. Wow, oh, that's wonderful. And it's like you know, some days I feel like I struggle harder today than I did when I
0: first came. In. <laughs> you know why? It's cause now. It's cause now you know better.
1: You know better, it so you're. It's yeah. more in here, oh my and more in your heart, and you're just sitting there like, mm. like when pastors say, you know, there's some things you wish you didn't know. You be sitting not there like, good. yes, Pastor, <laughs> Like, let me rewind back to day one for like just just thirty seconds, just so I can <laughs> enjoy not knowing certain things, and then that's really the truth of it. Like, you come in, you on fire for the Lord. You're like, yes, in this holy way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And once the dust settle, you be getting them uppercuts, you be getting them body blows and just be swinging. You just be like, oh <laughs> man. And it's like, but the good news is, is that it really, if you're really taking it in, it's like stabilizing you to be able to handle things as time go on. But you still know so much in here that you can't even, you can't even front. You just be sitting there like, I know I'm wrong for that. As long as I've been around this teaching, what is wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? But it's at the same time, you you still got to be gentle with yourself and understand that you're still a work in progress, but you can't use it as an excuse. But at the same time, you still have to acknowledge like, I'm still growing. You know, I'm still learning. And there are things that Pastor I've heard pastor preach moreover. But I'll be sitting in the services and he'll explain it. That's what happened to me in Mississippi. He explained something. And I sat there and I had to think about that thing. I said, all the times I done heard Pastor explain that, it's just now clicking today. And I just was like, man, like, that's great. Because that lets me know that there's still hope for me like i'm still learning stuff yeah. i don't want to ever get to the point where i'm i feel like i know everything right. like that's crazy why should i feel like that you know and that's how it is in falsehood that's why i feel like falsehood was so dangerous and the more you're exposed to it, i felt like the worse it was because even though you didn't come out of the world it's like you came out of some stuff that you was just like what in the world were they telling me you know why in the world did they make me feel like I was so righteous and so holy when I'm just full of the devil? Yeah. Like, you know, and it makes you sad some days. And it made me sad some days because I really had to think about it. Like somebody that come out of the world, nine times out of the 10, they're gonna be more real about what they've done out there than somebody that came out of some church that made them feel like they was two centimeters from heaven's door. Like, and so I think a lot of times I, I reflect on that. And I'm like, man, like they really had me fooled. Like they really had me thinking this is how I was supposed to be. This is how I was supposed to be living my life. And they made me feel like I was, I was all right the way I was. And although they said certain things about you got to do this, you got to do that. But they just made it look so easy. They made it look like it was red carpet material. They made it look like it was a piece of cake, piece of pie. But I'm on the struggle bus. Yeah. Like I'm on the struggle bus. And if struggle bus was a person, that's me. Like, that's just how I feel about it. And it's like, you really look at it and be like, man, I was, I, you feel deceived. You feel cheated from the realness of what God is and what God can do for you when you're really honest with yourself. And that's the beauty of being in first church because, you know, family didn't understand, you know they ridiculed us, you know, people still probably talk about it, you know. They say you brain, I mean, they said try to say we were brainwashes, all this stuff because we left the church that we used to go to. And it's like, yeah, that hurts. But at the end of the day, I would have never been the woman that I am today had it not been for, for God sending me the truth of God. You know, I wouldn't be this person that really truly wanna be honest with myself and honest with other people and honest with God about everything I'm doing, even when I'm ashamed of it to God. Now I ain't gonna tell everybody and their grandma my business because it ain't their business. But right. <laughs> But you know, when it comes down to God, I can tell him the most shameful things. Everything. And even though I'm ashamed to tell him, it feels good to know that I can trust him with those things. And that lets me know that I can work on those things. And so I think that's the beauty of what First Church has taught me, man. It's like, be real with yourself, brutally honest with yourself, things that you never even expect you would even have to admit to yourself, admit those things. Cause that's the only way you're gonna be made free to be able to really be able to overcome those things. And I think that's why I respect pastor so much because he is truly a real thoroughbred down to earth, man of God. He don't paint no picture that he don't want us to see. So he, he don't paint a picture that he just wants us to see, like this is what I want y'all to see. Yeah. No, he gives us what's real. And I've always been that type of person. I can't stand when people put stuff under the rug and act like it don't exist. That stuff bothers me. Mm-hmm. So when the man of God be like ripping the covers off stuff and tan down everything, I'd <laughs> be sitting there like, talk about it, Pastor. Talk about me. That's how I'd be feeling on the inside. Like, just talk about me. I mean, I just feel bad and I feel told, but just talk about me anyway, because that's the only way I believe that a person can truly be helped is when they acknowledge what's wrong so that they can fix that wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just, I mean, just having this conversation today, it just reminded me of how much I truly love this. Like, it's just so beautiful because, I mean, just to see who I was and to see who I am today, I can only imagine God be my helper when I'm going to be 10 years from now. You know, and I just, I thank God so much for that. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. As an old woman, God be my helper. Like, just, just that thought alone is like, man, like, although I struggle, although I fail, although I make mistakes, just, he lets me know making mistakes is okay. He lets me know falling is okay. You just got to get back up and do it the right way. You know, and and to me, that says a lot because a lot of people don't think you should make mistakes or they feel like, oh, you made that mistake. We're going to judge you for it for forever. And although there are some people, some saints that will still judge you, yeah. the bottom line is I should not allow them to hold that over me and I should not hold it over myself. And I think that was another thing I had to learn was self-forgiveness. You know, I'm making this mistake and I messed up and I know somebody knows about this mistake. A few people may know about this mistake. Okay, but what does God know about it? And did I actually talk to him about it and I asked him for his forgiveness? If I needed to go to somebody, did I ask him for their forgiveness? Oh, you did that? So why are you worried? keep going. And I think, I just, I don't know, the man of God just make it so sweet. Even though you just feel bad, even though you just feel terrible, it's like God will send you something, send you a wave of just comfort and just remind you, like, I'm still with you. I'm still working on you, you know? So just be patient with yourself believe in me and be patient with me and know that I'm I'm there for you. And I think this is just the sweetest way I've ever been. in. I'm getting emotional right now because it's just so, it's just such a blessing, you know? And I, I know I'm talking a mile a minute and I say that all the time because I could talk about this all day long, you know? And I know that you don't have these conversations often with people. A lot of times you just tell them, man, look, I'm struggling. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're, you're just telling them like, man, like, oh. You know, you wake up like, man, today was a bad day. Ooh, I ain't got a lot of stuff to repent for today. You know, and then there, you know, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, man, ooh, or you come in church and you know you have been of the devil all day long. You did said say stuff, then done stuff. And they get up there and they just tell you, you need to get yourself. And you just be like, oh, you, man. man. And then that one message come like three months later, because it don't happen often, at least not for me. You get that one message that be like, hold on to God, you know, God is there for you, you know, trust in him, you know, keep striving and then you just be like, thank you, God. (laughs) So that's just, I don't know. That's just a little bit or a lot, but, you know, a little bit at the same time.
0: Uh, You know, in terms of when he speaks, you know, on the makeup and, you know, and because a lot of times people, they don't want to understand. You know, so when they hear P. J. you know preach on when you look like a whore, or I, I don't know why they get offended. It's like uh, he, he gave an example so beautiful and plain. If a man is in a police uniform, he has the badge, he has the hat, he has <laughs> let's say Philadelphia police. The right? I go to you, hey officer, I need some help. Why are you calling me an officer for it? makes no sense right you have these women you want to wear all the wigs and eyelashes because if you look there was a documentary i was watching it was like kind of underage um prostitutes prostitutions in like different countries and if you see what they do to prepare themselves to go to work it's the same thing that these so-called church people are doing to go to church they get up she said she had to put the makeup on like this. She got to put the hair like that. She got to put a wig on like that. because I'm trying to get clientele. I got to dress like this. That's the whole point. So how for you as a sister, you know, when you hear such a message, so strong because that's how you know this generation is so modern. You know, they didn't he- they don't hear no real concrete teaching that's straight in your face. You understand? Because usually, you know, false sometimes a, pa- a a false prophet would be like. Or look how she dressed! All looking like Jezebel. But he won't go yes. on the pulpit and preach against it. Yeah. Right. Then now you have here's 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 uh, uh, Apostle Gino Jennings. No fear, live webcast, oh. like all everywhere. <laughs> not even a like hesitant. Not even like trying to make sure if anybody is in here. He is just mm, and not with his own understanding. Right. Right. He, right. He right. gives you Bible chapter. He gives it to you. He gives right. it to you. How, how you as a sister, you know, take that in terms of, and what advice would you have for any sisters or anybody who are in the process or wanting to come into truth? You know, right. But they hear a message like that, what advice would you give them hearing a message like that?
1: Honestly, it, it's definitely hard hitting. And, you know, it's a thing of, and I mean to say it like this, I'm going to try to word it well. Um, When you're in something that someone is talking about, you know, it's going to hurt when somebody talk about it. You know, depending upon, I feel like this, it only hurts when you care. When you don't care about it and you just like, it is what it is, I'm going to do what I want to do. Then it may not bother somebody that's not really trying to do something different. But I feel like sometimes when, they don't want to be mistaken as that. They're like, you know, they get an attitude about it, you know, for some. So it's it's three things. It's if you don't care at all, you'll be like, Shh, whatever, I don't I don't feel no type of way about that. Or if you're angry with it, it's like, why is he saying that? Like that's not what I'm trying to portray. Blah blah blah. Or if you're hurt by it, you know, you kind of like, man, like that's not the the look that I would want to portray. Like that's not what I'm trying to do, you know. And so honestly, hearing Pastor talk like that. You know, I honestly, I've heard, you know, stuff like that and falsehood, like, nah, we're not trying to walk around look like Jezebel, stuff like that, you know, and that's not how my parents raised me. So when I hear him hitting that hard, I'm like, hey, go ahead, Pastor, you know, because I know that that is out there and I got to make sure that I'm still maintaining, you know, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing as a female, so, you know, I'm, I'm with that and I understand it, you know, and I think for me, I would say the advice I would give is just take your time, you know, understand that it's not something to, damage you it's not something to make you feel less than it's something to really build you up if you think about it the tone may not be the most you know smoothest tone but the intentions you know the the force behind it comes from concern you know it's coming from what god has given him so it's not like he's just oh let me talk about y'all today no because he's just as hard on the men that's one thing that they don't understand. It's not just about the women, it's about the men too. And so just take that time, you know, don't think that when you come in, everything that you hear is gonna be, you know, catered to you. It's not. It's really not. It's it's really to help you to understand that there's a presentation you must have as a woman. And it's really a beautiful thing to see a woman that's covered and maintains modesty. You gain respect from that as a, as a sister that strives to dress modestly and to dress according to what holiness is teaching me. You know, I can't tell you how many times I gain respect from people that I never even thought I would gain respect from simply because of how I carry myself. I have my head covered. I have my long skirt on. I have and I know other sisters in the church feel the exact same way you know, if a man is walking by and I'm getting ready to go to a door. He may run to that door before me and open it, just for me, here you go. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, I would have gotten it myself, but he beat me to it. Because they see a certain thing, you know, that they, you know, and it, and it keeps certain, certain people from drawn to you as well, like certain men. It, and it does, I mean, don't get me wrong, if a man is just ruthless and he's just that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, you get respect you know, in ways, on your job, you get respect. Like, even from women, they they make sure that they talk to you a certain way because of the way you dress, because of the way you live. And it's like, I don't think women really understand that. You get more respect by covering up than you do by not. You know, and I think they look at it as the opposite way. They look at it as, well, I can dress however I wanna dress. And, you know, if somebody say something to me, you know, that's on them. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, sis, but at the same time, you, can't even imagine, you know, just the type of respect you get based off the way you dress. And when I was in college and we didn't, you know, we weren't taught that we had to wear our dresses all the way down, you know, but kneeling, we couldn't, you know, show our knees or nothing like that. So we still had a certain level of modesty. And I can tell you, people on the college campus, Bev, you know, I really, you know, admire the way you carry yourself. And it's nothing to gloat about for me, you know, but I would just tell them, you know, this is what I was taught, you know, and I was getting that in falsehood. So when I came in the First Church, it increased. Because now my head is covered everywhere I go. You know, now I just, you know, have a, a different look, you know, that's a little bit more enhanced than it was before, as far as holiness is concerned. And it really, truly does go a long way because you walk into, take two females. You got one that walks in that's not really covered and you got one that that's walked in that's covered. And you have a position open on the job and not saying you're going to discriminate but somebody else that's like sitting on the sideline, maybe looking like both of them coming for this job interview. I can't tell you, like I went to my job interview and I came with my button up shirt, my female bow tie, my head was covered, dress was long. And I walked in and laid at the desk was like, you know what, you're the best dressing person I didn't that came in here. You know, I really hope you get this job because I like the way you dress and you're kind of like okay, well, what in the world was everybody else wearing? Like, you know, that's how you feel. But at the same time, you get what they're saying. You have a certain way about yourself, a certain way you carry yourself. And even though that's not the person hiring me and they can't look at me versus her, they got to look at our qualifications. Of course, the person that's interviewing, but sometimes the look of a person can allow that person to be like, "Mm," because this person is dressing like this for this interview, this person is dressing like this, just walking by or whatever, then, you know, what type of person are they going to be on the job regardless sometimes of their qualifications they're looking at the way you carry yourself like in a bank you can't dress a certain type of way in a bank they will tell you you can't dress like that you need to do this you need to do that like we don't have that type of dressing and if you can do that at a bank you know to get that bank job (laughs) you know what i'm saying so it's like Mm -hmm. just know that it's not anything to make you feel less than it's really something to make you respect yourself and respect god and when you do that people will respect you and that's just how I look at it. I really do look at it like that.
0: Wonderful, sis. This was a very uh, encouraging, a very uplifting conversation. You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really, truly grateful. You took the time out to come and, and share your testimony. And as you said, it it is unique. You know, a lot of the times, most people, it's all oh, I was in this, I was in that. But the fact that you still grew up in that church, you had those grounds, and you know, you had a wake up call that you know not people just don't want to have it like as you say you know your friend um uh uh, you know got killed you know got murdered at just 19 you know and it's 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 tough to hear those things you know I mean, because now it's like what what could it have been you know if they were you know what i mean so it's it's it within all this it's really and those of you watching you know in her coming it's this is a serious teaching, you know, this is something that's no joke, but it's a, it's a, it's a blessing to hear people, you know, First, I believe you said this year, uh, God willing, it's going to be your 10th year to, you know, hear them going on 10, look, listen, like a, a day in this, I'm telling you all, like, if you're really about this, like every, it's, every day is challenging. It's yeah. like, because, you know, people just think it's within actions. Something I heard in falsehood was it's okay to think about it as long as you just don't do it. But then you hear the teachings What, what happened in verse, even the very thought of foolishness is sin. So, you know, it, it's, you know what I mean? Some of you work with some coworkers, you know, you ain't thinking holy all the time. You know what I mean? But you want to be there singing. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on up here. You know what you know? So it's yeah. it's really when I hear such a teaching and when I hear such a, a testimony, sis. Uh, um, you know, I'm going to definitely keep you in my prayers. Brothers and sisters, it's very important that we do pray for one another for real. Not just say, I'm going to pray for you, sis. Right. I really, really, really <laughs> pray because we, we really need it out here. I need I, I all the prayers in the world from South Africa, India, <laughs> Australia, you know, Malawi, Sierra Leone. Just please pray. pray. Everywhere. Right. There's everywhere. You know, I'm never going to be shy of saying that. Please pray for me. Uh, there's there's things I struggle with and I'm saying that proudly in terms of, not I'm proud of struggling, but just proudly by keeping it real with y'all. I'm not right. going to make it seem like everything is Zugi Zugi, Boogie Gaga and no one, two, three. There's a lot. I'm talking every day. every You get talking to a certain way and in the world, oh, you would have you done what you want to do. Look, uh, you yes, talk, now you have this information in here. You know, it's not easy. Right. It's not easy because nobody want to be, you know, spoken to in a disrespectful manner. And and it's, you just have to take it, you understand? So it's, it's thank you very much, sis, for, for coming and taking the time. I really do appreciate it. I know yeah. time is, you just don't get time back. You know, but oh. I believe that this time was very uh, um, educated for those. And, and I know it will be encouraging, especially for um, sisters watching this as well. You know, so everyone that, that concludes today's episode of the I Thrive Podcast, like I said, I'll do the best I can to get more brothers and sisters on this. Some schedules are more flexible than others. And, you know, and some are just, you know, available. So I'll do the best I can. Thank you very much, Sister Bev.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I was nervous, but I thank you for having me. No problem. I don't know why people get nervous coming out and stuff. They get the camera, they get the Zoom. Like, oh, I know you because you don't want to say nothing wrong that you got to be like me, should I have said
0: that? <laughs> that's, the thing. that's another thing as well. But no, it's, it's, and that's another thing too, you know, you know, you have to really be cautious of the words you're saying. You have to be really making sure you're saying the correct things and not saying that wrong thing. And then, you know, right. a, a, anything can happen. So that's another thing too. Gotta be dealing with in, in truth. You can't just say any wording or say this and that. You really just have to speak in yeah. understanding. But as you said, um, once you're in this teaching, and you finally get that understanding of what you're being taught, there is no excuse now. Because there's, I'm talking about thousands out there. What does this mean? Why are we doing this? But for what? And then you have, and look, a lot of you are wondering, well, what makes Gino Jennings so plain? It's because God is revealing it to him. We keep trying to tell you, you you think it's him just waking up out of eating a bowl of grits and, uh, and fried chicken and uh, collard greens and all. No, once it's, once it's revealed by God, it has to be perfect. It, ha- it has to be infallible. And as he says, when he's preaching, some stuff it hits him too. Those things he's preaching, it's hitting him as well. So it's, that's what makes it so plain. That's why it's growing so much. There's literally everywhere. I This is the only teaching I've seen. Ever since I've been in this teaching, everywhere the truth of God go, there's, they're not even there yet. People are waiting to go down in water. People are just requesting this. People are just, you understand? People are coming out of things that, they were, that, that was tough because you need a tough teaching to get you out of a tough lifestyle. You understand? So those of you, when you're listening to him, take your time. Before you get all upset, just to see if it's written in the scriptures. Check. Just check. Just make sure, okay, he's saying this. He's saying that. Is it written in the scripture? When you see that in the scriptures, just shut your mouth and go to bed and wake up the next morning and listen again. You understand? Because that's all, that's all it is, you know? So for me, I want to be in this. I take it a day at a time. I want to be taking it so much a day at a time where 50 years, I'm holding on. I got to kind of kneel and walk a certain way, you know? <laughs> You you know, I really, I really want to be in it. I really want to, Cause I don't want, there's not, how can I live in comfort if there's no God in my life? How, how can I live in comfort? And I can't. So that's why I say as well, this thing, it's, it's, it's not, you're not going to be comfortable. It's always going to be something you have to get right with. Because if you don't, and you're abusing it and you're taking advantage of it, when God cuts you off, that's going to be one of the scariest moments. These scariest moments ever. Knowing, shoot, I'm in the wrong and I'm literally about to die. Dangerous, dangerous, you know? So that, that concludes. Thank you very much all for watching and tuning in. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Jerry Jouet. Also, this podcast affiliates itself with one and one church only. That is First Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, where the leader, teacher, and guide is Apostle Pastor Jimmy Jennings. You can go on thetruthofgod.com. God, and see if there's a temple near your area. Um, I believe there's baptismal forms. If you want to request for baptism as well, you can go on the truthofgod.com. Like I said, go on YouTube, just type in Gino Jennings. It will not be hard to find. You may find some videos, people say, Gino Jennings is a false prophet, Gino Jennings exposed, Gino Jennings in this and... They're going to do whatever they can to find certain things, just, just anything. Like I'll be, I won't be shocked. If they start to say, oh, well, why does he brush his hair that way? It's a sin. People will just literally try to find anything. They can't find anything. So now they have to make some stuff up. You understand? So once again, it won't be difficult to find. Take care of yourselves, brothers and sisters. Remember now, remember, remember, this. Church, this podcast only affiliates itself with First Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take care unto you all and peace be unto you.